from the epistle of St. Paul to Ephesians. Brethren, I pray you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him, by the power, who by the power at work within us is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. In the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 14. At that time when Jesus went into the house of one of the chief of the Pharisees on the Sabbath day to eat bread, they watched him. And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they were silent. Then he took him and healed him and let him go. And he said to him, Which of you, having an ass or an ox that has fallen into a well, will not immediately pull him out on a Sabbath day? And they could not reply to this. Now he told a parable to those who were invited, when he marked how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by anyone to a marriage feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest a more eminent man than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give place to this man, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, go up higher. Then you, you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Praise to you, O Christ. As we celebrate this, the 16th Sunday after Pentecost, the tabernacle and the church, the tabernacle candle in the church this week burns in loving memory of Mary Milton and Baba Rusar. Our second collection today is for our building fund. This Tuesday, we celebrate the Feast of the Exaltation of the Holy Cross. Holy Mass will be offered at 6 a.m. in the regular daily Mass, as well as the Latin Mass offered at 5.30 in the evening. And the Casey's will lead a rosary afterwards for the end of abortion. The diocese is organizing relief efforts for victims of Hurricane Ida. We ask you please to check the bulletin boards for a list of items that are needed. On Saturday, September the 25th at 8 a.m., I will be offering a talk in the cafeteria explaining the basics of the traditional Latin Mass, dubbing it TLM 101. We'll be there uh, immediately after the Mass. Immediately afterwards, uh, there will be a low Mass offered for Ember Saturday in September at 9.30 a.m. So I invite everybody to, uh, to be able to come join us if, uh, if interested and able, and certainly to welcome others. This is a, an introductory talk, so this is for if you have questions, 
uh, we'll give you a, a sort of a brief overview of the Latin Mass in general, including the, uh, the, the, cycle, of, of the, the cycle of readings, the calendar, um, going through the ritual and kind of explaining a few of the uh, why we do a little bit differently uh, here and there throughout the celebration of the Mass. Uh, so it's intended to be a kind of starting point for anybody also who may be even just interested or uh, if you know somebody that's been toying around or kind of flirting on the internet with the Latin Mass, feel free to, to invite them to come to this uh, kind of starting point. Uh, we'll be able to have time for questions afterwards as well. And I invite you to look at the bulletin today for an important announcement from uh, Mr. Alan Taylor, the coordinator for religious education here at St. Agnes. Uh, it's uh, information on the program formed, which is a, a tremendous resource that can be offered for our parish if you're not already making use of it through someone else. Uh, if you haven't already heard of it, it's got uh, thousands of movies and Bible studies, downloadable books, uh, PDF or, or, or talks that you can listen to, and it continues to increase in its size and, and availability uh, for us. Uh, so there's a, a parish subscription that we have, we have offered, and so uh, the information's in the bulletin on how to actually get signed up and make use of these tremendous resources that are available for us. This Holy Mass today here is being offered for the intentions of Anthony Rizzi. Oftentimes, as we've spoken before, the collect of a Mass will give us a bit of intention of why it is that we are here. It's the thing that we pray for from the start. And today, the collect prays in the vernacular translation, May your grace, we beseech you, O Lord, ever go before us and follow us, and make us ever intent upon good works. If we were to say this in English, sometimes the, the phrase good works might be a, a sort of trigger to some of our brothers and sisters who are not of the Catholic faith. Not all, but some. There are some who would balk at that phrase, works. Indeed, this is part of the, the fundamental, uh, fundamental response uh, and reaction of the Protestant reformers in so many ways. This rejection against this, uh, the emphasis that Catholics sometimes place upon works. And we can certainly understand the response of the Protestant reformers in seeking to, uh, to combat this emphasis upon works. There is easily a temptation at times for us to believe that we simply can do enough things and work our way into heaven. That if we do enough, God owes us, more or less. We don't necessarily always say that, although some people actually do. It's not uncommon for a priest to be able to have someone do a kind gesture to him or to make an offering to the church. And someone whose shadow will never pass the church doors, and yet they say, maybe this will get me in the gates, huh? As if a simple good work is enough. To think as such is false and rightly condemned. They condemned it early in the church, far before even the Protestant reformers had a problem with it. We called it Pelagianism. And it was this belief that I, by my own works, can get into heaven. That I, by my own doing, can make it. And this is certainly, absolutely, false and rightly resisted. But unfortunately, the reformers, in resisting against this, went too far, as is often the case when fighting things in the church. And they went entirely against the works. Sola fide, faith alone, 
de-emphasizing the works to such a great degree that faith in faith alone, simply professing faith in Jesus, would be sufficient. And this, too, is also false. Our prayer today reminds us that it is the grace of God that saves us. It is not our faith or our works. It is grace that saves us. But in accordance with our willingness to make use of the faith by working it out for our own salvation, we rely ultimately upon the grace of God to go before us and to follow us. But there also must be good works. And this we are encouraged today to pray that we are intent upon them. To say that faith manifests itself in works, as St. James tells us, is simply to manifest the fact that grace, if we're speaking, if we were to, to speak organically as our Lord often does, that whenever rain falls from the sky, it softens the soil. The trees around, the plants around soak it up, and then they produce some fruit, sometimes fruit that we eat, sometimes the fruit of flowers, simple greenery, these kinds of things. But the grace that comes down to us from heaven nourishes us as we soak it in. It increases our faith, and then it ought to manifest itself in some kind of fruit, works. It necessarily ought to change us. Otherwise, as St. James tells us, faith without works is a dead faith. Something that nourishes the tree, but the tree never grows, is not nourishment at all. It is false. Our faith must increase within us to show forth something. If a spouse were to say to their beloved, I love you, honey. You're the heart of my, you're the, the joy of my heart, the apple of my eye. But then we're continuously cold to them, unconcerned about them always distant, far away, physically, emotionally, and otherwise, never to have a kind word, but always a harsh word of condemnation. One would rightly question, do you really love me? In the same manner, our faith with God. If we manifest our faith, if we say, I believe in Christ, I believe in the things of the church, I believe in his word and sacred scripture, but then we manifest these things by prioritizing worldly endeavors over that of prayer, if we make time for the enjoyment and entertainment of the world on Sunday rather than for our blessed Lord, if we content ourselves to have vice remain in us and not to seek virtue, one would rightly say, is your faith really alive? Show me the works. Show me how your faith is alive. Our works are not things that simply get us into heaven by virtue of themselves. It is only because they are manifestations of our faith, manifestations of our love for Christ, and the willingness that we have on our end to receive his grace and to let it actually do something. Our works manifest our faith in the same manner that our Lord's, our Lord's works manifest his kingship, his power, the fact that he is God and Christ. It is not, they are not separate things. They are not things that make him that. They are simply manifestations of what is already present there in, in, in the man himself. And so an invitation for us to reflect this week, and especially today, to reflect upon one's faith. 
How is it that your faith is manifest to the world? If we are the same as everyone around us, is our faith even real? Is it alive? Is it on its last leg? Or are we, are we allowing our works to simply be external actions as well? Not manifestations of our faith, but simply habits, things that we've gotten into, external things that are not corresponding entirely with that of a manifestation of our heart. It is to look at these things, our faith and our works, and to turn and to entrust ourselves to the grace of Christ, especially at this Holy Mass, to pray that our Lord may increase our faith here, and that by his grace, our faith might be manifest in good works, after which we ought always be intent.